you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show. I don't think we will get around to phone calls today because we do have a guest. We are going to be interviewing Denise Schick, who um, has authored now, I believe, two children's books uh, aimed at equipping kids to um, engage and... Um, and stand up under the weight of transgender ideology that is pervasive in our country. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this. And in fact, I kind of think just as I was doing a little bit of digging, um, I think we need more books like this. And I'll tell you why, as we get into that, we'll talk a little bit about it because um, some of our listeners may be surprised to know um, just the number of books that are aimed directly at our children that mm-hmm. are transgender books. Um, that are being read in schools, that are being approved by teachers, that are being called teachers' picks, that are being published by Scholastic and others, which, I mean, that's not a surprise, Scholastic, but um, I was surprised at the sheer number of books. I mean, I knew about I Am Jazz, uh, but I was surprised at the other books, and we'll kind of give a rundown at the end of this segment, so keep listening. I mean, just... So th- and And why would you care? And I'm not even exhausting the list, but I think you might care because you'd wonder if any of these books are available um, in the library at your kid's school. Probably so. Yeah, I would I would say chances are pretty high that your kid can and does have access to these books. And these these are the kinds of things that shape the way our next generation that is now the way they think. And so anyway, we have to be aware of that and we have to have a conversation around that. And some of it's just really shocking. But before we do that, I want I want to go back to if we could, I want to go back to Tuesday's show, the end of Tuesday's show. And we got around to a couple of calls. We got a call from Joe, who was listening in Oregon. And we got a call from Shay, who was listening in Texas. And it was one of those moments where I thought, and I hope I really um, effectively Uh, or sufficiently addressed Joe's question. I kind of had some questions in my mind as to whether or not I did the best job responding to Joe. And so it was something that I kept thinking about and I wanted to do that. And then honestly, Shay's um, response, her comments have just weighed on my heart. They have just truly genuinely burdened me. And so I want to return to that, not in the sense of like um, continuing to drill down, but just from a place of, of uh, genuine grief, yeah. just genuine grief and, and just understanding that please, please know that for every Christian, every believer listening, if you are a Bible believing Christian, you believe the word of God. If you believe the word of God, you have to understand that people who live in rebellion against God will be destroyed. Yeah. I know that that's not popular to talk about today. <laughs> not at all. I know that that doesn't make it on the cute Christian talk shows. Right. I know it. I know it doesn't make it when, you know, the hair is just right and everything. And it's like teeth are like shiny <laughs> and, and everybody's talking about their best life. And 
talking about how they found their power and their strength and their worth. And, and I know it doesn't make it into conversation today when we all want to declare that we're enough and, 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 and I'm me and, and beautifully flawed and, and wonderfully whatever. I know that this is not popular, guys, but let me just tell you, the word of God is not changing because 21st century America is changing the Christian context. Mm. Is The word of God is not changing. Nope. I don't care how many women find a way to make much of everything else and reduce and diminish the word of God. I don't care how many podcasts you listen to where there are women who will do a show where they celebrate, you know, womanness <laughs> or whatever y'all because it's out there. Guys, trust me. Trust me. It's it's insane. And some of, you know, because some of you at, at least one recently sent me something and was like, hey, um, listen to this. I'm not sure. I thought I could trust this person, but now this person's talking about this. Can you give it a listen? Um, so there's all kinds of stuff out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not moved by that yeah. stuff guys. Yeah. Like it, there's, there's just too much at stake. So anyway, before I get too far, um, <laughs> let me, cause Joe's question was, how can I say that the rainbow belongs to Christians and that nobody else can use it? If that's what I said, that's not what I intended to say. That's not what I meant to say. So so I want to bring some clarity. People can do whatever they want with rainbow colors. The, the topic of the show was stolen words and abandoned posts. So people can take whatever that you if you you can take whatever you want. You want to make a rainbow and you want to fly that or you use certain colors, whatever you call a rainbow. And you want to fly that and you want to call that a pride flag of course you are perfectly fine to do what you want to do, right? You can do that. My point was this. The Christian was never compelled to give that up. The Christian was never compelled to move away from that. And why? Because the Christian God revealed this as a symbol of his covenant, a sign of his covenant that he would not flood the earth, deluge the earth again in its entirety with water. Hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. And and to and to Joe's point, he says, I mean, it's a naturally occurring phenomenon after the rain. And and that's a fact. But when did it first naturally occur, so to speak? <laughs> right? right. God placed it in the clouds as a sign. And then that's you, Bible. And what you have is, you know, a moving away from that or even can't even associate with that. That, that, that That's the feeling that some Christians may have because of. It, it being taken on by yes, you know, you know, the homosexuals and and used as a a flag. So now you have Christians kind of backing away, like uh, I can't, no, I'm not going to wear right. that. I'm not going to represent that or whatever. And that's that's not. And right. And so my you know? point was, don't let people steal that from you. Right. That's my point. I can't stop people from using it for whatever they want because listen, the thing that I wasn't trying to say was that the rainbow should not be placed on anything. I mean, because come on, shoes cute little girls tops like it's it's everywhere what i'm saying is that the christian then abandoned that post and they were like oh it's toxic oh that's it's hot can't touch that got to get away from it no it is a sign that was given to you by your god Hmm. the god of creation is the christian's god please understand like god who has revealed himself to creation that is the god that we serve amen okay He's the one who put the rainbow in the cloud. Man, I let me tell you, I know that there are people, there are some people who are listening who are just like, dude, she's off it. <laughs> read, read the book. I am so confident. I've put, I have, let me, I have put everything that I hold dear, my very life, I have put it in the hands of this God. 
I trust him to the very end. I trust him to the very end. He is real. He exists. He is coming again. He has made a way for mankind to be redeemed through Jesus Christ. There is no way to access this God who put the bow in the clouds. No way to access him except through Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it. Bottom line, yep. full stop with emphasis. That's <laughs> th- that's it. All right. Now to Shay. The thing that grieved me, and this kept coming back through my mind, and I thought, oh, Lord, like, you know, soften her heart, draw her to yourself. One of the things that she said was that she was a part of the Rainbow Nation. And then she said that her father was a Baptist minister. Hmm. And, and basically that her father said, you know, he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone and that everybody's got their sin and all of these things. And, and, and so the first thing that people tend not to realize is that when that becomes your defense, you are actually acknowledging that what you have chosen is sin. Right. You're you're when when a person says, well, you're you're talking, you're judging me. What about your sin? You don't realize it. But what you're saying (laughs) is that there's something that bears witness in your heart. Mm -hmm. Don't harden your heart. There is something that bears witness in your heart that it is sin. And I'm going to tell you, I am well aware. I am well acquainted with. We did several shows at the height of the movement, the so-called gay Christian movement. We did Man. several shows talking about this yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Go, go, go check the archives. Okay. So I am well aware that there are people who call themselves Christian who are saying that you can be both homosexual and a Christian. I would challenge you to find any place for me in scripture where homosexuality is spoken of favorably or it is depicted favorably. You won't. You can't find a place. And, and even in First Corinthians, I mean, it has a list of sins and it says homosexuals and the effeminate, they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Like, so. Where else do you go after that? Yep. So, it's so here's, it's, it's so super plain. So here's the thing that grieves me. What grieves me is that I think of, I think of James, I believe it's James where James warns those who call themselves teachers, right? Like that you're going to be judged more severely. Um, so I think of, I think of Shay and saying her dad was a Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. So that means he was tasked or is tasked. Yeah. I don't know the situation with teaching the word of God. There's no way the that you word. can teach the word <laughs> of, of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then say that homosexuality is not a sin. Just like there's no way you could teach the word of God and say that adultery is not a sin right? or that lying is not a sin right. or that stealing is not a sin. But, but here is the thing. And this is where the conversation comes into play. The conversation comes into play because we don't have people creating flags for adulterers mm. and we and we don't have people normalizing it. That's still something that we call a scandal. But because we now live in a society where we have quote unquote carved out space and we have made room for people to live without shame and their particular sin iteration, whatever it is you've chosen. Mm -hmm. Now everybody else is supposed to keep quiet and pretend that the word of God has changed. Well, I'm going to tell you this as lovingly and as sternly as I can. A person who would deny the truth of the word of God and teach you something other than what the word of God says does not love you. So if you've got a friend, I'm going to, if you are a person listening to me right now and you are, you identify yourself as a homosexual, 
and you've got friends in your life who are Christian and they hang out with you all the time. They invite you over to their home. Right. And and they are content to share a meal with you, but they have not talked to you about the state of your soul. They do not actually love you. They might enjoy your company. You might make them laugh. You might you might help them pick out outfits. I'm sorry, guys. Look, okay. But unless somebody is willing to interrupt your comfortable life, your routine life, and confront you lovingly about sin that does separate and will continue to separate you from God until you repent of it and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, then they don't love you. They don't. It is. And and this is uncomfortable to tell someone, hey, that's wrong. To tell someone, um, you know, God has God has already spoken concerning mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is very uncomfortable. It makes you nervous. Your heart starts to race. Look, g- come on. Y'all know we all know anyone who's done what we've been commanded to do to tell the truth. Your heart starts to race. Your mouth gets dry. Your palms get sweaty. It's like the water leaves your mouth, finds your hands, right? You can't formulate a thought because your 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 mind is all over the place. What are they going to say? And mm. how, what if they don't talk to me anymore? And in that moment, you have a decision to make. And what's the decision that you have to make? The decision you have to make is whether or not you love your life more than theirs. That's, that's really the decision. Do I love my comfort more than their eternity? Do I love my current comfortable situation more than their soul? And I'm going to say, and, and this is probably like, I, in, my, in my opinion, the worst form of abuse to come from a parent is a parent who would, would be tasked with teaching the word of God and yet instruct their kid in the opposite direction. Mm. That grieves me. That grieves me. So to be a part of the Rainbow Nation is to recognize that there is a God in heaven who judges sin. Who's already shown what he does to judge sin. But yet also shows his grace and his mercy that inside the ark, there is peace and safety, a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is peace and safety in Christ. You can come as you are, but you will not stay that way. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. As a child, you look to your parents to give you the emotional support that you need. But I didn't have that. The one memory that I have is being outside as a little girl and just looking up at the sky and saying, 
to God, I don't know why this is happening. I'm the oldest of five. I have three younger brothers and a younger sister. And it was really at the age of nine when my father had told me of his desire to become a woman that I realized our family was different. I was doing dishes one summer day. My mother was at work and my father came in the front door and asked me to come out and sit with him. And he just looked at me and said, I want to become a woman. It was the hardest day of my life, and I did not realize that at that age. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. That was the voice of Denise Schick, and she joins us today. We're going to talk about um, two books that she's written uh, for children to help navigate this issue. We're going to also um, learn a little bit more of her testimony. If you didn't have the opportunity, she was also featured in the American Family Association documentary in his image. But let me make a formal introduction here before we get into more background. Denise Schick is the director of Help for Families and Outreach that brings an understanding of the emotional pain and spiritual confusion that people face when a loved one has gender identity confusion. She's the author of several books, including My Daddy's Secret, when Hope Seems Lost and Understanding Gender Identity. We're going to discuss two of those books today, When Daddy Leaves to Be a Girl and I'm Glad God Made Me a Girl. Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Oh, thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here with you. I really appreciate you and the ministry that the Lord has given you, how out of the pain and the hurt that you um, have experienced that the Lord has really turned that um, into a blessing for so many people. I'm wondering if at this point you could kind of um, pick up where the sound clip leaves off because you have this moment where you learn that your dad is confused about his identity. I'm imagining that at so young an, an age, as, as, as young as you were, you were nine, I think you said in, in the clip, that you, it's difficult to process what all of that means. Yeah. Do we have Denise still or no? Separate people. Um, not realizing how it impacted my own life. Um, I immediately started grieving the loss of a dad, uh, understanding that he didn't want to be my dad. Uh, bringing in the uh, difficulties of who can I find for a dad? Hmm. Uh, and so it, it was a tailspin. I think she's cutting out on open. Are we losing? Okay, let's yeah, try to. We'll can we try to reestablish the connection and then get her back? I listen. I know you guys think that there goes Miki, right, with her, <laughs> but there there are some shows, some programs, if you will, if you prefer, uh, that we do that are critical. There, there are some that we just, they have to get out. They have to get out. And whenever those shows are the shows that just have to get out, there's some sort of technical difficulty. There's yeah. some sort of technical issue. Now, you guys can say that Miki's <laughs> just being churchy for no reason, all right? But I do believe the Bible, when the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, I, I do believe that this is a spiritual battle. So right now, because, I, listen, We've got tons of books, and I was going to save this for the second segment, and maybe I'll go back to it once we have Denise on. But we've got tons, 
and tons of books that are directed at children to invite them into gender confusion. Did you know that? Did you know that for your kids as young as three and four and five years five years old, there are books directed at them to say nothing of the teens. You probably knew about the teens, but there are books that are directed at your children. There are books that are directed at teachers so that they can direct those books to your children so that your children will become confused about the way that God has made them. So I was doing just sort of a quick search, just trying to see what was out there. And I, this by no means exhausts the list. Okay. And, and, and ultimately the point that I want to make is that we in the Christian community cannot ignore this. We can't ignore what is blatant, that there is an attack on our children, a direct attack. And Willa Gray, just let me know when we have I Denise think, back on. Back. Do we? Okay. Oh, okay. We got to get her again. Sorry. Let me know when we have Denise <laughs> back on. Let me, let me do a quick run through of some of these books that I discovered here. Okay. Um, a kid's book about being transgender. Mm-hmm. Boys can wear dresses and skirts, a gender non-conforming, wait for it, coloring book. Mm, wow. M- my Awesome Brother, a children's book about transgender acceptance. Trans Kids and Teens, Pride, Joy, and Families in Transition. Wow. Trans Kids, Being Gendered in the 21st Century. Another book directed <laughs> at children. Pride, The Story of Harvey Milk and the Rainbow Flag. Another book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. This next book that I'm going to tell you about Mm -hmm. is um, listed as a teacher's pick by Scholastic Publishers. It's a book entitled George, and it's targeted to kids from K to eighth grade, K to eighth grade. So I I hadn't read the book, so I thought, well, what is what is the book about? Like, what makes this book a teacher's pick? Well, it turns out it's a story about a boy who believes he is a girl who is seen as a boy, but believes he is a girl and has devised a plan to reveal to his class that he is, in fact, a girl. He is disappointed when he cannot play the role of Charlotte when his class is going to play or produce a play Mm. Charlotte's web. Okay. And he wants to be Charlotte. So this is a teacher's pick. And then one more, a book that's very similar, Kelvin. It's about a girl who believes she's a boy. It's targeted for kids ages four to eight years old, preschool to to third grade, preschool to third grade. I think we have her back on. Do we have Denise? Denise, I'm so sorry for all of the confusion. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. Satan's trying his Mm -hmm. best, but God's greater. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 So you were telling us, giving us some background on kind of grappling with this new information that had come from your father. I'd like to pick up there if we can. Sure. Uh, you know, at the age of nine, when he had shared with me his secret, I, I really didn't realize how it was going to impact me personally. Uh, but what I did discover is that I started to grieve the loss of a father immediately. I thought, if he doesn't want to be my dad, he's not going to be my dad. Uh, where do I find a dad? Hmm. You know, and honestly, looking at our neighborhood men, um, uncles uh, that I loved and respected, uh, just looking for somebody that could be my daddy um, without me telling them, you know, anything that's going on. And sometimes just imagining that uh, the neighborhood man, uh, Tom, was my dad when I would stay wow. over their house. 
And so it was just that deep desire, that longing to have a father uh, and immediately realized that my dad really, he was absent um, Mm. for that role in my life. Uh, By the age of 11, I started to second guess if God didn't make a mistake and make me uh, a girl when I should have been a boy. Uh, After all, you know, if God made a mistake with dad, he could have made a mistake with me too. And so I actually started to play that role out in my bedroom privately, uh, imagining what I would look like as a man, uh, practicing walking like what a boy would walk like, uh, just imagining what my life would be like as a man. Uh, Soon after that, by the age of 13, I started to save my lunch money Mm -hmm. to buy alcohol. I was looking for somewhere somehow to, to escape, to mask all the emotional pain that I was feeling deep down. Um, what had started to occur right in this same age was I had matured very young as a woman, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of jealousy that my dad had about my body, about what mm-hmm. I was becoming naturally. So I also, by the age of 13, was feeling really uncomfortable about being a girl around him. And sadly, uh, soon in that time frame, he would begin to take my clothing, my makeup, uh, things of of that. Um, And so it it honestly didn't seem like I had anything that was really mine. Uh, I couldn't escape his chaotic uh, life, um, how he felt about himself. It honestly seemed like a vacuum cleaner trying to suck me up as well. Wow. Wow. So alcohol... Let me ask you this question just real quick, if you don't mind. I'm trying to establish a time frame here. So as you are going through this as a young girl and then growing into your teenage years, what time is this? What year are we talking about here? Uh, as far as what year, like 2021, or is that what you're asking yes, or yes, how old yes. I was? No, no. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to go back. <laughs> okay. Um, to that, I would say, uh, give me just a moment here. Um, and I'll tell you why I'm asking that question here, because yeah. one of the things that I'm trying to establish is I'm trying because sometimes when we listen to people's testimonies, we process those testimonies in 2022. We So we think about a girl going through a situation like this mm-hmm. with everything that we know and everything that we have at our disposal to help us understand and grapple with these things. Even though they're difficult, there is a different level of exposure. But what I'm trying to establish here is is kind of thinking about this differently because at the time that you are experiencing this, I'm just going to step out on a limb and say that there is absolutely no point of reference that is commonly talked about for you to be able to say, oh, this is this. It's it's sort of like this is just really out of nowhere. Correct. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it would have been in 1972 when he had shared with me uh, his desire to be a woman. Um, And so if we can, you know, uh, nine years old, then uh, a couple years yeah. later, you know, w- struggling with who I was, mm-hmm. if I was gay, if I liked women, men, and if I was a man, you know, of course I would want a woman because that would seem normal. That's the way that I thought. That's the way I was processing everything. Um, and 13, a couple years later, where I was just saving babysitting money, lunch money, buying the mm-hmm. wine, 
um, it as, as much as possible to really drown. I tried to stay away from home in the evening hours when I could. Uh, my mother worked afternoons, uh, but the only negative uh, situation that that arose that I knew was my siblings would be left with my dad alone. I was the oldest mm. of five. Oh, wow. And so my heart desire to protect them, uh, he was he just, he was a, a very angry man, a very, he was hurt as a child. Mm. And the old saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. Right. You know, and so uh, there was a lot of responsibility that I had felt uh, for my siblings. I was especially concerned about my brothers. Even as a child, I thought, Lord, I, I don't want them to think that they're like dad because dad's mm. their dad, <laughs> you know, yes. um, but that, that that would influence how they would feel about themselves. Uh, and, and so there was a lot of things that went on in the background during those years of growing up. Um, probably the most, honestly, I, I think the devastation where, where you're hoping, I'm hoping dad's getting help uh, somehow, that this is going away. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we didn't know anybody that was going through this back in that right, time. Right. Nobody even talked about it. And when it when the news did come out, when this just hit like wildfire, no, there wasn't a pastor that understood. Mm. There were there were very few that would even attempt to try to uh, assist, you know, my dad or to be there. Um, so was your family him. was your family Christian, Denise? Did you guys did you guys have any kind of uh, church community, any involvement in a local fellowship? What was your background? Yeah, my background was I was raised Catholic. I mm -hmm. became a born-again Christian at the age of 15 when I was dating uh, my husband then. Wow. And, and so that is my background. Um, I couldn't understand as a child, why can't mom go to the priest? You know, there's got to be somebody <laughs> that that we could talk with, that she could talk with. She's yeah. doing this alone and not doing very well. She wasn't surviving very well on her own. Um, she had no idea that my dad had told me this. Wow. Wow. She was clueless. And again, that's in a sense because I felt responsible. I can't tell mom this because then it will create another migraine headache. She will become mm. sick. And if I was my mom, how would I feel if my husband told my child this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I processed how everybody else would be impacted and tried to be the protector over them, which sometimes, you know, backfired. So, Denise, so, okay, in the interest of time, and we've got another segment coming up, but I want to make sure that we um, give enough time to your writing and what you've done to sort of give aid to the church, because that's that's what we need. We, we need aid. We can't just ignore what is happening. And as painful as it is, and I'm sure um, you're talking about your experience and what the Lord brought you through. And praise God that he saved you. Praise God that he um, put that grace in your heart and has given you wisdom along with that. I mean, because so many families have been helped because of what you went through. Um, but the church needs help. And so when we get back, I want to grab this break. When we get back, 
I want to fast forward to the Lord walking you through how this becomes a ministry for you, how you forgive your father. This becomes a ministry and then how you begin writing about this and then specifically writing for children. That's so important that we talk about that. Denise Schick is our guest. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. You've been my savior, sustain. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you uh, allowing us to spend this hour with you, taking us along um, as we hear from you as you're waiting in the car uh, pickup line, picking up your kids from school, um, sometimes out running your errands or working, and you're on the road a lot, and you take us along. We really do appreciate that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Unspoken with You've Always Been. Our guest today is Denise Schick, who is the Director of Help for Families and Outreach that brings an understanding of the emotional pain and spiritual confusion that people face when a loved one has gender identity confusion. Um, She's also an author, and we're specifically talking today about, I want to say there are two books, there may be more, so correct me on this if I miss anything, Denise, but I know for sure two books that you've written that are directed at children on the gender confusion issue. And, and I, I think it's so important that we, as members of the body of Christ, tackle this head on and recognize that our kids are being indoctrinated. They are being taught yeah. um, that you can have all these different genders and that you can change those and, and genders. So, and so that's the thing, because we used to always say, I wonder, like, what age do we start talking about this with our children? Yes. But they're yes. being, <laughs> being bombarded with it already in school and things like that. So this is great, you know, a great resource that, you know, helps us to talk to our children about this stuff. Yeah, I think that the church has got to um, be more engaged. We we can't um, we can't whisper and hush as we try to stand on the truth of God's word when we have a culture that is yelling and screaming. And (laughs) Denise, this was your personal experience that your father was confused about how God designed him and it caused a tremendous amount of pain. But through that, the Lord saved you and has given you an incredible testimony that is not only healing for you, but has been healing for so many families. Yes, it's it's been helpful, oh goodness, for people to know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And our family certainly knew that back back in the day of what it was like to walk this alone and also to struggle with shame and uh, so many feelings that we have denial, uh, just is a gamut of feelings that family members go through. And so it's, um, mm. it, it really is my heart to reach the church. And by the church, I mean church people, God's people, mm. to understand, first of all, that God is wonderful, and He will bring what Satan means to smash you mm. to glorify Him. And I've seen that time and time again, not just in my life, but in other family members as well of what Mm -hmm. they're going through and what God has done with their journey. Uh, For 13 years, I didn't talk to my father when he left to pursue and become Becky. 
Uh, and yet the Lord had reached a, a time at the end of my dad's life where, you know, he said, you need to forgive. Uh, and that was a battle between me and the Lord, um, mm-hmm. really saying to God, no, I'm pretty good right where I'm at, <laughs> because then I didn't have to face the reality. I mean, I'm just being honest of yeah, the conversations right. I had with him. Right. But it was through the, the process of forgiving my father to understanding more as an adult and to be able to walk with him in his last five months of life. And also mm-hmm. to know and to hear the words of my dad say, this did not, this by transitioning did not bring me the satisfaction that I thought that it would. Mm-hmm. And so to, to understand the whole journey itself, and yet here we are in a world today where children are being indoctrinated yes. to believe that they can be whatever they want. Right. And where does that lie come from? You know, it's just like us, us, the snake in the Garden of Eden. Surely did God say, right. you know, that he created male and female. Indeed, he did. Um, and understanding from my own experience being a child that if I went to a guidance counselor today with the confusion I lived in, there's no doubt in my mind that she would say, you're transgender. Mm-hmm. We need to start doing this and this. And that scares me for the children today. And so with the desire that God has put on my heart to write children's books, Mm -hmm. addressing their identity, but addressing it with truth, has just been remarkable when I hear the comments. So we do have, I'm glad God made me a girl, Mm -hmm. which addresses, you know, two girls that are best friends and one just shows up. Susie, Amy shows up at Susie's house one day and just announces she wants to be a boy. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Why does she want to be a boy? What does she think being a boy is about? And how does Susie feel? You know, she's losing a friend. Um, when Daddy Leaves to Be a Girl was written, uh, sadly, because of the a number of calls and emails that I had of adults looking for resources for children that are losing their dad to this mm. this, this type of situation. And so we have very, uh, very blessed to mm-hmm. have therapists, to have people that had reviewed the book to, to really ensure that this was a good, healthy book to help that child process, mm. whether it's a daddy or a mommy. And the feelings are all the same. Uh, with that, we've also added the boy who liked tea parties, which obviously, you know, what's that about? <laughs> uh, most boys don't like tea parties. But what about when we look at biblical characters, Joseph? You know, there are biblical characters that weren't your typical um, rough, tumble guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have do superheroes play piano. And I'm thrilled to tell you that Amazing Amanda is expected to be released in the next month addressing the sport. Wow. So I'm this, trying this is to... wonderful. Denise, let me, I'm just, I am so, I, let me tell you why I'm excited because this is what the Lord calls us to do, right? We are salt and light. We really are supposed to charge out into the culture with the solution. We know the one who offers the ultimate solution. And I, and I, man, I gotta tell you, so I didn't know that there were that many more and I didn't know that there was another one coming. Um, and I, I do want to talk. Is great because you talked about all fantastic. the stuff on the other side that's, that's out there. Oh you know? my goodness. It's flooding. It's flooding. Yeah, libraries. It, 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 it is so so much fun to write these children's stories and to encourage the child again and who they are to to battle the messages that they're hearing, which are really lies, mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. counter that with God's truth. Amen. So let me tell you what so I love. Been, oh. mm-hmm. 
Well, I just want to I want to say this really quickly here, and I want to make sure that we talk to our listeners about where they can get a copy of these books. So there was something that really jumped out at me, and it almost kind of gave me chills as I was reading it. Um, and I'm glad God made me a girl. As I was reading this book, the thing that I really appreciated about this was that um, the parent of Susie, Susie's parents, I think, Susie's parents, mm-hmm. her parents don't panic. When she is going through right. this moment where she's been influenced by her friend and there is there is sadness. And in the book, there is revealed a wisdom that God gives the parents that they are able to read to her in scripture about brave and strong women so that they are able to combat this light. Denise, I'm telling you, that is beautiful. It is just an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that every parent needs to understand how we can combat the lies of the enemy, because there is a pervasive lie in our culture. When you think about the fact that girls are getting together and are quote unquote, changing their gender, we understand there's no such thing, but they believe that they are able to change their gender. We understand that this is societal pressure. This is what is popular in culture today, Mm -hmm. but it's also the result of parents not having the proper tools to be able to help their kids through these situations. Can you speak to that? And then I kind of cut you off and I apologize. So whatever else. Yeah, no, (laughs) no. Oh, I was just going to say, it's been a, a, a wonderful response with Christian schools that are buying these books. I have one Christian school that actually bought six copies of each book because they wanted to make sure they had enough for any, any child that would want to read it. It's fantastic. At awesome. the same time. And, uh, you know, just presentations on children's literatures, uh, how God has opened up the door uh, to speak into that. Uh, so it is important, as you said, not to panic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when we panic, we say things that sometimes don't make sense to the child, or we wish we could take those words back. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, if we just, if you hear this from your child, don't panic. And if you don't have the answer, just let them know, you know, I don't have the answer to that, but why don't you give me a little bit of time so that I can find out for you? Yes. Yes. We That's don't so always good. have the answers, but we can seek out the wisdom of others that do. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, to have your home be an open environment where that child feels safe to address anything that's LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. let them know, uh, you know, do you have any questions about this? Uh, wh- what's going on in school? You know, or, or she comes home or your son comes home sometime and says, you know, Hey, now Jake wants to be Jill. Right. Well, how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? So start to start the conversations with the children so that they know this is a safe environment at home. That's right. It's so good. And 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 I think for parents to understand that we have God has given us the opportunity to invite our kids into a deeper conversation about these issues. Like we can provoke our kids to think deeply about these issues. It doesn't have to be a sound bite. We don't have to be nervous. We don't have to immediately believe that the sky is falling, but we can bring our kids into a deeper conversation by asking questions just as you suggested. But then also, and I, and I love that you do this in the book. I'm glad God made me a girl. We can go to the word of God and and we can show our kids what God has already written in scripture about what he has designed, but also how he has utilized that design throughout history. I I just think you captured that Mm -hmm. beautifully. I'm wondering if you can um, 
kind of share with us just the way the Lord revealed to you to do that? Like how, tell me your thinking process in, in writing this book. Well, in writing this book, it was, you know, obviously addressing uh, some of the root issues, why girls want to become a boy. But to look at the biblical characters, and we realize that there are courageous women That's right. back in the biblical days. And it wasn't exactly all that accepted, was it, right. for women to become leaders That's and right. to be respected. But I think it's so important for our children to know the history, mm-hmm. to look back at the biblical history and the characters that somebody, one of them or more, that they can relate to and they can think, oh, yeah, yeah. that's me, you know, and to feel that, that a pride of being gifted how That's God's right. got them gifted. That's the other thing with children. We need to praise them where God has gifted them. Not Amen. every boy is real masculine, but hey, he might be the, the best uh, accountant. He might be the best secretary. You know, that doesn't take away from him being masculine. The same thing when we look at girls. You know, I raised two daughters. We've got two sons and two daughters. One was in ballet and tap and jazz from kindergarten all the way up until she graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. She loved that stuff. Our youngest one did dance for six months. And when I was outside with her one one day, she said, Mom, I'm not a girly girl like my sister. Mm. And her gifting (laughs) were an interest was more about fixing cars, going out shooting the guns with her dad. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. um, all the, the other things that people would say, oh, well, you must be a boy because you like to do those things. No, that's just right. where her interests were. Right. She, and, and today she, you know, she bakes and does everything else. But yet she, she's the one actually in the house, the household of her own, where she will go and fix things. That's just where the way her brain is wired. Wow. Amen. For the glory of God. For the glory of God. Before we run out of time, Denise, can you please tell our listeners how they can connect with you and find some of the other resources that may be available to them, um, resources available to churches? How do we connect with you? Yeah, sure. Um, So they can connect. Anybody can connect with me through the website that has the email, the phone number, all of our contact information. And that's at helpwiththenumber4families.com or .org. Okay. Uh, And again, all the information's on there. Help with the number four. Help with the number four. Mm -hmm. Families.com or .org. And our, any of our books are available, adult and children, on Amazon. They're also listed on our website that has a direct link uh, to Amazon to purchase those. Denise, in the, in the last couple of minutes that we have here, maybe a minute or less, um, can you tell me one testimony that has come out of the books you're writing for children, maybe a testimony you learned from a parent regarding their child? I can tell you of a testimony of a child. How about that? Sure, Real briefly, yes. uh, due to time, but to there was a, a, a the story is the dad is a police officer, worked many, many hours. Mom was at home with their son most of the time, and the boy wanted to play with Barbies, wanted to play with girls only. The dad became more involved in his son's life, began to know his son and do things that his son was interested in, such as artwork. Mm-hmm. And that, and with the time, this little boy went from playing with Barbies to GI JoJo's dolls, and, and not wanting any dolls, you know. And so it just it. shows that 
as a parent, we do have power in our child's life. We have to be very mindful of having a relationship with them. Denise, thank you so much. That That is a great example because mm-hmm. I think there are so many dads and moms too who may think that just the fact that you say, well, I'm there, that you're actually there. But in order to be there, you got to really be there. All right. Denise Schick, everybody. The website, help, the number four, families.com or .org. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.